22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. Why, hello there, Geek Republic, and welcome to a long-awaited edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 71. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, and with me always, because I can't get rid of him, is the man who has ranked barbed wire higher than Man of Steel, MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. And I do. (laughs) It's like a party in my mouth and everybody's throwing up. (laughs) I don't know even how to react to that. I know I, I know what it is. It's just like, wow. <laughs> and also joining us is our whiz kid of the soundboard and the master of the six claws, RT Square. I didn't feel like insulting him off the tech. You know, people ask me all the time, am I a dog person? I say, no, I'm a lizard person. And I whip my face off. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I, I got that from uh, uh, Welcome to Night Vale. It's a podcast I've been listening to. Welcome to what? Night Vale. Nightville? Yeah. So, so, so you're promoting somebody else for a bad joke? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's, Make it's, your own bad jokes. It's funny, though. It's funny. <laughs> oh, man. Well, first off, I want to apologize to the audience for our three-week layoff. Why, you may ask? Well, the Cap and his family had to move to a new Bat Cave. Or Cap Cave, excuse me. Yeah, Rikers Island now is doubling up. <laughs> <laughs> Another Puerto Rican joke. Here we go. Yeah, oh, wow. And now you know how to use a soundboard. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I was waiting for that one. I was like, okay, you're late on that one. Um, But yeah, so now that everything's taken care of, you know, we're in the new Cap Cave. We're all settled in. We're ready to go. I mean, just in time for Star Wars next week, right? No, two weeks from now. Um, On the 18th. Yeah. Did you lose time, a sight of where, where we were in December? You're like, oh. no, I just lost care care of the movie. I, I mean, I'm looking forward what? to seeing it. I'm not like sitting like crossing it. Oh, off that's on the right. Calendar. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's right. You're you're not into Star Wars like that. I like here. Star Wars a lot. I'm not in love with Star Wars. You know. It's wow. Just, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a Star Wars nerd. That's that's just one thing I'm not. So throwing it out there, would you say that you're more excited for Batman v Superman? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. You're more not, excited. I'm more excited for superhero movies than I am for Star Wars, but not that one. Okay. What about you, Ralph? I mean, do you share um, the same thing with Mike? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we got a little chewy over here. Yeah, I don't mean a Mexican. All right. <laughs> that foreskin gets you every time. <laughs> wow. All right. So, just to let you guys know what the show's up to, um, our first half, we're going to be talking about the movie turned into TV series on the El Rey Network from dusk till dawn. Then after that, later we're going to be talking about what if we had the money and superhero headquarters slash a supervillain layer existed, which one would you buy and why? And obviously I'm going to ask more questions about that. But first, let's get things rolling the way we normally do by letting MFG give us a peek into what's geek chic. Try saying that three times fast. Let's go to the quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph and Kai. I just wanted to hear you say it one time slow. <laughs> All right. Like, like a stutter? <laughs> Shout out to Gigi. Geek <laughs> Stop. <laughs> By the way, when, when you spell it, people don't realize what's the difference between chic and chick. Um, pronunciation. No, I know, but but when you see it like in a sentence, unless you're not you're not familiar with the word, I've seen people right. say, "Oh yeah, um, the the party says to, to to go geek chick. What's geek chick?" I'm like, "Oh boy, <laughs> that's where you find the chicken with glasses." Ah, oh, someone take that sound from me. <laughs> <laughs> Told you, let the monkey run it. <laughs> anyway, all right. Quick news. Go ahead. I want to start off by giving a, a 
Let's give a lively Meanwhile 22 round of canned applause to Officer, let's say, Jimmy, who will hopefully hear this episode and stay on as a regular listener. Uh, the captain right. ran into uh, the member of New York's finest at the world-famous Forbidden Planet comic book shop in New York City. And he's a cool guy, and not just because he's a fellow Doctor Who fan. Oh, that's right. It was yeah. funny because out of nowhere, so we have so so the officer comes in and and kind of Mike and I have this. We walk in doing our normal rant on things, good or bad, and he chimes in because we're in the section. I think they had Doctor Who toys, and he's talking about Doctor Who. And Mike looks at him like, "Oh wow, like you like that?" I'm like, oh. I shook his hand because he deserved it. <laughs> I thought he was from Jersey just from the just from that statement right there. Should have shaken his hand twice. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, I can go always go back in time and do it again. Oh. <laughs> with the TARDIS. Go ahead. <laughs> Alrighty. Exciting news, speaking of Doctor Who, for the Doctor Who's hoes at home, uh, the world's most long-winded director, Peter Jackson, will be directing Peter Capaldi in a Doctor Who episode. What? In a very funny video Jackson himself posted on his Facebook page, we see the director, his daughter, and his Oscars at a table in his home when he's visited by Capaldi as the Doctor. Uh, the Doctor, it turns out, is playing delivery man for Stephen Moffat, who, uh, and he's trying to get Jackson to sign this contract to do the show. To, oh. to direct the show, yeah, I'm um, have it returned. Uh, the name and date of the episode, though, have not been announced. So the Peter Jackson yeah. will be directing Doctor an, Who, an, an episode. I think, I, wow, I'm actually kind of interested in looking at that episode. Oh yeah, no, it'll be fun to see what he comes it, up. It, with. It'll now. be a lot. You want to watch? Yeah, but you know, it'll be a lot of walking. Will make it more boring than what it normally is. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Doctor runs. He doesn't walk. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, Peter Jackson will find a way to make him walk. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. No, no knock on Peter Jackson, but there are some things he just doesn't do well. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing I think the uh, his video has already gotten over seven million views, but it is worth watching. It's like a four four and a half minute video. It's really funny because um, at one point, uh, his daughter is reading because what it is is that he's not responding to Steve Moffat. Steve Moffat is the, you know, man the, behind Doctor Who yeah, right now. Yeah, keep hearing you talk about yeah, um, Steve and Moffat. And he's not responding to his emails and he's just, and Peter, uh, Peter Jackson is just kind of like, you know, oh, it's because he, he's like, some of his emails don't make any sense. I have no idea what the man's talking about. And, you know, da 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 And his daughter's like, well, he also has concerns that, like, you know, you'd want to do the show here in New Zealand instead of over in England, and that you would take like six months to do it. And he's like, "Well, you know," he goes, "Well, time is, you know, well, I mean, you know, four, five, six months—that's not that bad." And yeah, like, we, they want to do it in London in twelve days. <laughs> you know. Oh so my actually, god! It's really, it's actually a very funny video. That's that's re- that's really cool for you for you Whovians. I I can't get with it, but you know what? For that, I actually might tune in and check that out. That sounds kind of cool. But then again, let's remember something: Peter Jackson did Lord of the Rings. Peter Jackson also did King Kong. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm not. I'm not a huge Peter Jackson fan. I I just think it's uh, it's just cool that they're getting good directors. Usually they um, they'll get guest writers. Oh, that's, but they okay, don't that's have cool. guest directors. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's awesome. All right. So what else you got there? Uh, unless there's more Doctor Who news, then you can skip it. <laughs> well, if you saw last night's episode of Doctor I haven't. Who, incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, I can't wait. You smelled you smelled the spoilage, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. It was just last night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was last night. What were you doing? The quick news. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not so quick to create. It's quick to deliver. Exactly. <laughs> not and and not with you two. Aw. It's interrupting his flow. Wait, you two is here? Where? I love <laughs> their song. Shut up before he goes for another bad pun. Go right ahead. <laughs> and he does All it for right. himself. It's a bird. It's a bat. It's... A lack of interest. Uh, <laughs> the second trailer for Batman v Superman saw online engage- engagement plummet by 7 million compared to the first teaser and trailer for the upcoming film. Uh, perhaps moviegoers are getting burnt out on previews. Perhaps it's because Zod, as Doomsday, appears to give the most dangerous blowjobs. Or could it be Aww. because of Lex Luthor's wig? It's definitely because of Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> um, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice opens May uh, March twenty fifth. I don't. 2016. I, I don't share that feeling. I really enjoyed the trailer. I mean, I see what you're saying that 
You're saying that viewership has plummeted. Yeah. Or, you know, so... They're saying that, in other words, when it came out in, in the first 24 when the, hours, when, the, when either the teaser or the first trailer came out, right. there were well over 30 million viewers this time. It was barely even 23 million. They're just saying that... It was just a, it was just a ranking that's showing that, like, you would think another one coming out with brand new footage, people would just shoot and go crazy for it. But I think also people didn't... I mean, I know, I know for myself, I didn't know there was a second trailer coming out within the same week. I saw the teaser where Superman comes in and flies down mm-hmm. into the into the tunnel where Batman's being, you know, held held captive. I saw that one. So when somebody came to me a couple of days ago and was like, "Hey, did you see the new Batman v Superman?" I'm like, "Yeah, it was pretty cool. In 30 seconds, but it was pretty cool." They're like, "No, no. Did you see the three minute one?" What? So I'm thinking some people yeah. didn't even know because yeah, usually the internet age though, Facebook page. I don't think many people cared as much because it was also it was it started on Jimmy Kimmel, so that was a national TV. Oh, show. that's right, they did do so it. So it was Kimmel. seen then. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and Kimmel's done. Kimmel did that. He did the Avengers. He did. Yeah. You weren't ready for that number? Sixty million for the Avengers. Yeah. Wow. So just to give you an idea, yeah, but also nobody they, gives a damn. But also they went first. The Avengers went first. I wonder. No, if, I'm talking about for the latest. Sixty event. million. No, but what I'm saying is, oh, yeah, the I mean, Avengers they, went first, so they might have you know gotten everybody's interest. So and then everybody's. Didn't care about Superman and Batman because of the event. What the hell kind of logic is that? <laughs> that is cap logic. Brought to you by Meanwhile, twenty two pages later. Oh wait, really? You're talking about logic? Go ahead, Mike. Before he goes off again, I, I just want to say this: when uh, the cap saw the trailer, it was heard all around the world. His giddiness. He's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Oh my god. I, I, it, there's something that some um, some visual um, pictures that they produced that was like, wow, that's really good. Like, I mean, just the fact of seeing finally seeing um, what's his name. Affleck, seeing Affleck in the cowl looked cool. Seeing the seeing the outfit instead of seeing sad sad Batman made me interested. Watching Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne interact was pretty cool. Watching them interact made me depressed. And watching Lex Luthor comment on them actually made me mad. No, the the, the Lex Luthor I didn't like. The Lex Luthor I didn't like. But I'm like, all right, I'm trying to give it a chance. Well, it's well, it's one of these things like what works in cartoon and comic books does not translate well on the screen because again, it's like right, you're Clark Kent. That's great. It's we don't know the time frame, but it's still not that long after the whole thing went down. So you're Clark Kent. Maybe you've had some good stories. You're still nobody. He's Bruce Wayne. He's a multi-billionaire of a huge company that that is the you know the fatherland or the father money of Gotham. Well, they have nothing to be talking well, about. Well, like, well, and it wasn't like Clark was interviewing him. So it's like, <laughs> you know, you're just like, well, this isn't like a meeting of like, wow, they get to meet. It's like, well, there'd really be no reason for them to be talking. <laughs> well, I mean, the only thing is we're assuming that Clark hasn't done anything. We don't know that Clark didn't, you know, because we have, there's been times in real life where writers come out of nowhere and hit, a, hit, a, oh, hit, but, a, hit something out of the park. Right, so. but still, even if he won a Pulitzer, they've never, he's not interviewing Bruce Wayne. Like why? Why would Bruce Wayne meet him? Like there's because they're no at real a party reason. and people talk at parties. There's a lot of people talking. About, okay, when we watch the movie, let's watch how many people Ben Affleck talks to at the party. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're using that logic. You know? right. I'm just I'm just saying we know I it's know, a movie. I'm just saying that it's it, it doesn't work well. You know? I, I, Especially I, when Lex goes out of his way to point it out. Oh, great! These two get to talk, and I'm like, why did you care that Clark Kent is talking? I to found Bruce that Wayne? no, but see, I found that weird. I agree, I found that weird, but I didn't mind that a lot of the other stuff, except giving away the whole Doomsday thing, even though we already kind of knew. Oh, you mean that they don't know when to stop with their trailers? <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's called desperation yeah. promotion. I called it right. I said Doomsday was going to be in this movie. Because I had said Doomsday was going to be in the movie when I read the quick news about most of a year ago. Yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> This Ralph not listening moment brought to you by uh, Meanwhile 22 pages later. Anyway. Anyway, go ahead. Alrighty. New year, new crossbook event. According to information from Brazil's Comic Con experience, Marvel Comics will give its mutants something to worry about in 2016. 
X-Men Apocalypse Wars will span three X-Men titles, Extraordinary X-Men, All-New X-Men, and Uncanny X-Men. Now, coincidentally, Fox Studios will release its X-Men Apocalypse film in May of 2016. So far, no news about the storyline for the comic book event, nor how many issues the uh, each that the story will occupy. I haven't even read X-Men in God knows how long. Nah, I haven't read and, and mind you, this is a comic book podcast. Well, it's many things. Well, it's many things, but I mean, we pretty much zero in on comic books and sci-fi and all that stuff. And for us to not be reading, it's kind of like, damn, it's messed up. But I haven't read X-Men in like... They're pretty crappy. It, they've really gotten to a point where it's like, it's hard to read because you see them trying you see them trying and, and just trying to make things square peg round hole. That's why I yeah. see it. Like they're trying yeah. to make things work that they already fucked up on. I tried uh, translating it into Spanish and reading it that way, thinking it made me, it'll make it more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> <Nope. laughs> and all the people that you're reading it to say, like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. for, for those who don't speak Spanish, that means what? <laughs> or that, depending on what you're talking about. Yeah. Or, yeah. If you put an S on, it means cheese. Guess all. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead, Mike. <laughs> Alrighty, now, how's this for an early Christmas present? Marvel Comics is going to ho-ho unload in your face. <laughs> earlier <laughs> the this, show Secret Wars, go ahead. Uh, earlier this year, uh, the redheaded stepchild of the House of the Mouse disbanded the Marvel's first family when it killed the Fantastic Four comic book. Now Marvel is going after another of its firsts. Marvel's first mutant. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Come on. Namor. Namor the Submariner is going to be killed in the pages of the what? upcoming Squadron Supreme series. Now, not saying this is further proof of Marvel taking away the ball if it can't play with it, but it happens to be that Namor is licensed to Universal Studios, meaning Marvel cannot use the character in its film or TV franchises. Surprise. Wow. Uh, it's unknown which issue will have the demise of Sue Storm Sideman, but Squadron Supreme number one is due out on December 16th of this year. Wow. They're really going out of their way. Namor? Like, Namor. First, I mean, Namor's a great is, character, is but nobody's going to make a... comics? Yeah. Okay. yeah. He's been with the X-Men now. Uh, he was in Secret Wars. Yeah. He was in Secret Wars because he he was with um, Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, they've been having this rivalry since, um, since A versus X. Right. Yeah. When, when, when Namor crushed Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Drowned th- thousands of people, I think, or something. Yeah. Like. You know, but I mean. Thanks. I was going to read that. Oh, oh, I spoiled something. For oh, you. I it was that. <laughs> it was thousands of Wakandans. Black lives don't matter. Wow. Oh, come on. Okay. I can't. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that wing in hell you're building is really coming along nicely. <laughs> oh, I've expanded. It's now it's a little metropolis in hell that I'm building. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And that's all I have, though, for the quick news. That's all you have for the quick news? And that's why it's called quick news. Um, what? He's fucking... Oh, my God. So he obviously hasn't listened to the other episodes. What was that? I timed that. That was like, what, 20 minutes? No. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> see, see, the quick news is kind of quick, and then we have to chime in because I'm not going to say shut for that. So it's, it's, it extends a little bit longer. Our um, loss that you couldn't have that willpower to stay shut. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, pot. <laughs> All right. Do you have any quick news, Ralph? Uh, yeah. Doctor Who was awesome. Expect a Christmas episode coming when? Christmas Day. Ooh. Yeah. I'll be sailing down that river singing a song for that. Yeah. Anyhow. River song is in it. Yeah, oh, yeah, River yeah. song. Don't explain it to him. He does, he's not worth it. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't care. <laughs> he's not worth it. <laughs> I don't care. It's fucking Doctor Who. Come on. All right. Well, I mean, and no offense to the Whovians. I just can't get into it. Even Kevin Smith was trying. Now, Kevin Smith usually will say things, and, and he'll get me peaked into certain. He'll pique my interest in a certain shows. Couldn't get me with Doctor Who. Couldn't. <laughs> he, and he was trying. And he's a. I didn't realize how much he liked it so much. And he was explaining one episode like, because uh, we're all classy people. Classy, just, right. just given to the who. Yeah. Now, do you one have any quick us. news? Evidently, you do. None, because you talked about the the, the trailer for 
super, um, Batman v Superman. I just was um, interested in everybody's reaction for it because I heard yours and I showed you. Yeah, and yeah. you even saw Mr. Jamal. He was. We we're both like, eh. shout out to Jamal. That's but, right, Mr. Jamal. But Jamal was like, eh. Yeah. But meanwhile, he likes all three Matrix films, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did uh, Pete Tango think about this? No idea. I haven't heard from him. Pete, M.I.A. is in action. Um, Jazz is right now on tour. Shout out to Jazz. Um, so he's on tour yeah, with... He gets everything kind of very delayed. Yeah, because you know he's so busy with whatever he's doing, plus um, the availability of tech where he's at. He's not able to get the podcast or get, log on to as many websites as he needs to because he's too busy working. Yeah. But he'll be back for, for Christmas for the Star Wars. Well, he'll be back for Star Wars, exactly. Yeah, hopefully he'll, help, he'll come up and help us review. Um, I or I, I don't think so. I know he's. Yeah. I think I think he'll be around for it, so that'll th- be good. Yeah, I think he's too busy with his um with his lady friend, you know, to be able to come review. Kind of like our friend Big Kev. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> on to the first half. Uh, we're gonna be talking about the Rob Rodriguez movie, like I said before, that turned into a show for the Rob Rodriguez um channel, El Rey Network, called From Dust Till Dawn. There's been two seasons. We're gonna talk about both of them, and with a kick-ass synopsis. Or because he says so, is MFG Mike the Finance Guy. Yeah, it was such a long intro. He pretty much summed up my synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only 18 years after the 1996 From Dust Till Dawn movie, directed by Robert Rodriguez and written by Quentin Tarantino, Mr. Rodriguez brings an expanded version of the source material to his TV station, El Rey Network. Like the film, the television series is a black comedy horror crime adventure following bank robbing criminal duo, the Gecko Brothers. The series began on March 11th, 2014 and had two 10-episode seasons. Uh, on October 26, 2015, the show was renewed for a third season. Alrighty, now we, the show, we have Seth and Richie Gecko are two hard-hitting, fast-shooting, pop-culture-referencing brothers on the run from the law. After killing the really old half of Miami Vice, they are pursued by the sheriff's partner after, um, after the boys take a dysfunctional family hostage and head to Mexico. Now, once in Mexico, the brothers and their hostages enter the Titty Twister, where they, find, uh, where they fight for their lives against an ugly horde of Mesoamerican snake vampire creatures. But in, ad- in t- addition as, uh, to serving as an abattoir of blood, what else does one find at the Titty Twister? Well, I think the original movie summed it up best. Pussy, pussy, pussy. Come on in, pussy lovers. Here at the Titty Twister, we're slashing pussy in half. Give us an offer on our vast selection of pussy. This is a pussy blowout. All right, we got white pussy, black pussy, Spanish pussy, yellow pussy. We got hot pussy. We got cold pussy. We got wet pussy. We got smelly pussy. We got hairy pussy, bloody pussy. We got... Snapping pussy. We got silk pussy, velvet pussy, hide pussy. We even got horse pussy, dog pussy, chicken pussy. Come on, you want pussy? Come on in, pussy lovers. If we don't got it, you don't want it. Wow. So Rick Grimes worked there? Pretty much. <laughs> right, the show is starring DJ Catrona as Seth Gecko, Zane Holtz as Richie Gecko, Isa Gonzalez as Santanico Pandemonium, a.k.a. Kisa, Jesse Garcia as Ranger Freddy Gonzalez, um, sorry, Gonzalez, Madison Davenport as Catherine Fuller, Brandon Suhu as Scott Fuller, uh, Wilmer Vandorama as Carlos Madrigal, Jake Busey as Aiden Tanner, a.k.a. Sex Machine, S.A. Morales as Lord Amancio Movado, Danny Trejo as Re- The Regulator, Robert Patrick as Jacob Fuller, Don Johnson and his son jo- uh, Jesse Johnson playing Ranger Earl McGraw at different ages, Jeff Fahey as Uncle Eddie Crochank, Demi Lovato as Mayo, or excuse me, Maya, and Gary Busey as the prospector. Gary Busey? Yes. yes. I did not study. Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Both father and son were in there. Yes, yes. it's a show that dared to have two Buseys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. So let's get into it. Dust Till Dawn, um, the television series. Now, you both have seen... Oh, yes, press the button, please. Warning, this show contains spoilers. It is not Ralph's fault if you haven't seen the show. It's really been out for a long time. Warning, fuck Ralph, fuck Ralph, <laughs> fuck Ralph, fuck Ralph. Guys, I think the button just works so much better. And it will. And it will. Don't. It's not my fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. You can't keep your trap shut. <laughs> you, Listen, it's, it's a you trap like, that's made to be open. You're like a crackhead that like wants to sell your VCR so bad when you get a secret. <laughs> you are. You're like, ooh, ooh, I know what happens next, Ralph. We can't What's, talk about that. I don't need a VCR anymore. What's, come on. I, got I just showed how old I am, right? Yes. <laughs> and I can see how old he is. So <laughs> believe me, you're not getting high off of it. All right, great grandfather Washington, meaning Denzel's father, great grandfather. Anyway, um, all right, Dust Till Dawn. First question I want to say out the box. Um, we've all seen the original movie. How did you feel about the first season pretty much being a fleshing out of the entire movie? Fleshing out meaning adding story to these characters that maybe didn't exist or that were hinted at, but they didn't resolve. How did you feel about that being the way they went about this series? I, I don't think the movie had anything that was missing. I mean, the movie I thought was very complete. I mean, it, it's a movie that gets silly to, as it gets closer towards its resolution. Right. Um, no, the, the series started off really, really well. Season one more eh, a little bit more than first half was really good because it um it gave you a a fresh view of the same old characters and stuff like that um so i i think it did a good job the first season but towards the second half of the first season it started to get a little bit weird yeah you mentioned that when 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 you and i spoke off cast a couple of days ago you were saying Things got really lame when it got to the twister i didn't really yeah. see it got that lame and yeah. i didn't well we'll get into that there yeah, what did you think yeah I thought, yeah, sort of what Mike's saying, where it sort of slowed down when they got towards the twister, where, like, the, the pacing was a little bit slower, where they're, like, they were trying to flesh it out a little bit longer than what they really needed it to be. Yeah. Like, in other words, the, the, the I mean, granted, basically half the movie of, of the movie is in the twister. That's fine. But it just felt like, okay, we need to do almost half of this first episode in the twister. But, like, you didn't give us a lot of information. You know, it could have been, like, let's say two episodes in the twister. Yeah, as opposed to four or five, it just okay. The, the information that we received was also very vague or very contradictory, you know, or just unnecessary. Contradictory. You know? What do you mean? I will get into that as well. Okay. Like, um. Go ahead. The, the whole the final episode where they're just like uh, going through the labyrinth. I was, I was like, are you serious? Oh, that's when they just completely jumped the shark. Like that when they were in the labyrinth in the first uh, episode. I'm like, you just should have stopped while you were ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right, the labyrinth. Oh, yeah. Because it's like it's a labyrinth of the mind. So then you have them going through Las Vegas trying to pull off a heist, and then it turns into this. And then you see, you realize that uh, uh, Richie killed his father, and I was like, oh, "Are you serious? Oh, all yeah. this?" It, it felt to this. me, it felt like they ran out of ideas. It just, it just felt like they. Well, it felt like, um, like I said, the first half was really well fleshed out. You got a lot more information about all the characters that we're, we were going to be dealing with, right? Um, and then by the time it hit the titty twister, it just felt like, oh, this is a titty twister. Let's, uh, wait, we go that fight, and we want to fight, and it's like, okay, but what else do you have besides this fight? It, it just felt like you just they just ran out of ideas. Like, let's make the fight cool. And I'm like, well, if that was just one episode and that was your finale for that season, that would have been great. But unfortunately, it went the, on longer. But the things with the twister, I had in mind. I mean, I felt like it was a little long, but I still liked it, especially with the um, because basically in the movie, the fight is all in the twister, and then you know everybody's dying off, and then finally. You know, um, spoilers. Um, Seth and Kate get through at the end. 
Um, right. but, you know, but there was no difference here. No, no, no. I mean, the whole fight took place. Yeah, in but Twister. remember, there was a whole thing of going down into the underlayer where all the Aztecs were, which I thought that was really cool. The, you know, fighting those zombie Aztecs. Or those, yeah, no, they weren't zombies. I mean, they were zombies. Oh, yeah, they right, were the I mean, vampire. But, but like, that's my whole point, though. But to what end? I mean, you showed us more, but you gave us nothing more to it. I mean, it, we already knew about the Mesoamerican mythology. So the fact that these Aztecs were down there, why? I mean, at least, at least that's my whole point. I said before that they gave us all this information and they only right. made more questions because they answered nothing. Why were they down there and looking bad? Why weren't they getting blood? Why didn't they look young and beautiful? I mean, right. they just—it just seemed to be that they were down there, but Star. everyone knew they were down there. I mean, like meaning the 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 other you know Calabras, they knew they were there. Say so, that word, word again, Calabra. Nice. <laughs> they, they knew they were there. Um, so like you know what I mean? It just it, so it made no sense. Why did they still want to sacrifice? I don't know. Just because they're Aztecs, I, I guess that's the reason. Like it yeah. made no sense. What didn't make sense for me, and mind you, I I I enjoyed the series. I it. it Felt very much like a Rob Rodriguez movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I wonder if he's going to hold back on the blood. Nope, he ain't going to hold back on the blood. No, no, no. Hold back on the nudity a little bit, but you know that's whatever. But on the blood, he, he there was definitely a, a couple of scenes. I was like, wow. Yeah. None of the the main stars were naked. Well, not the main stars, but at the same time, main stars for um, TV. Even though it's not um, network television, but for the kind of TV network it is, they're not going to do it. Right. But I mean. You know, for for you guys out there, I mean, you know, the the titty twister was titty shaking. I mean, there definitely were still you know topless dancers yeah. there, yep. but you know. Um, but well, I think the thing that made me confused was why were they wanting these bonds so bad? Well, I mean, well, the thing. I is, mean, they got into it later no, on. Right, but. we get into it, and then that was even lame. But we'll get to that part in a second there. Yeah. Um, but just like a little, like like for instance, um. Uh, you know, granted, it's a, it's you know mostly a Hispanic cast and stuff like that, which, which I was, which, which is wonderful. I mean, it's it's his network and do what you wish, you know. So, but it was funny, like it was just like, oh yeah, remember that black guy that was in the movie? Let's put a black guy that's supposedly that same type of guy in this one, and and yet it was another thing. It's like, okay, so you've made your way down into the it's the catacombs, pit, right, right? Yeah, but the titty twister seems to be open nightly, from what we can tell. Yeah. So and they open the door. I mean, it's just open, open. You could have just left. <laughs> like, like, like again. It made no sense. It was like, okay, so, and then, did it not feel like a video game? They run into this guy, and he's like, "You can choose yeah. your weapons," and I'm like, <laughs> "Really?" <laughs> he's like, "Either you leave now, or you you take your chance and spin the wheel." Yeah, shopping yeah. spree. Yeah, you and got I'm, ten minutes. Yeah, and it was just take like, what you care? Okay, and I mean, and the thing is, I understand it's supposed to be some levity, but it was like the levity was just throughout throughout the entire series for me. The levity that they put in just felt kind of desperate. Yeah. It felt a little bit desperate to me. All right. I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I just, I guess I was just maybe enjoying the nostalgia of it. Oh, yeah. I, know, I, I, like, I was the one that got you to watch that, it. That's that Sergeant <laughs> Frost. And, like, cause yeah. I was like, and then I had to like go back and say, oh, wait, there was a Sergeant Frost, yeah. you know, in there. I mean, and his role was a little bit different. I mean, some of the things that bothered me, not bothered me, but made me wonder was Richie in the movie, Richie Gecko right. in the movie, his motivation for even, you know, I, their motivation to going to the Twister is to meet up with this guy, right? To get you know to to, to um you know to meet up in Mexico and you know exchange right. the money and all that stuff. It, in the show, they make it about Richie, you know, kind of guiding them over because well, no, the motivation is still the same. Yeah. They were supposed but, to meet Carlos there. Right. They just didn't know it was his bar. Yeah, but it's all but now it's all but connected you, to the whole right. vampire. Well, that thing. was the other thing too. Everything started to get very heavily interconnected, and we all know that I do not like heavy interconnectivity. That's, that's one of the things <laughs> I didn't I, I, I didn't like. I mean, I like I like the show a lot, but. I didn't like the the the, the constant internet right. interconnectivity. Wow, um, and See, also the fact that right. everybody's got a power. So yeah. so so Freddie Gonzalez. Um, um, I like he's I li- a descendant of the people that can fight the Culebras. You know, yeah, I mean, like, he's, he's really a, he's a descendant of a, a warrior Aztec race. 
Right. So apparently, because of that, his blood, whenever he gets bitten by the vampires, by the culebras, the venom doesn't affect him. Right. right, but I mean, but then also, you know, it was just all this, like, he seems stronger now. I mean, it was just, like you said, it's like a power thing. But it, what, I, what got me was that, like I said, was the interconnectivity was just driving me crazy. There it, it was no reason for it. It didn't seem like it just, again, it, it felt like lazy writing for me, you know, and I, and I just, I don't enjoy that. I don't know if it was lazy writing. I, I think they were just trying to make, tie everything together so it seems a little bit more deeper than what it is. Yeah, but I mean, it was, and you've heard me say this in person, you've definitely heard me say it on the podcast. The moment you say destined, legends, you know, uh, the, um, what is it, the portents, and anything that's telling me that my main characters were foretold to be doing something, Prophecy. lazy writing. Yeah, anything. It's lazy writing. Because, it, because it's just like, really, we just happen to catch the people that were your prophecy. Why can't they just be people that are fighting the good fight or losing the good fight or turning bad in the good? I mean, whatever it is, it's just like prophecy is lazy to me. Well, what's funny is because it's funny that you talk about about people fighting the good fight, and I don't mean to switch gears, but I thought about you, Mike, immediately. Not you so, you so much, Ralph, but Mike, when it comes... Was I naked? <laughs> wow. Just, just checking. Just that really bad visual. <laughs> Why is Mike in the shadow with three legs? <laughs> that's, the, that's the image I had. But all, all jokes aside, um, the fact that the geckos... Turn from these like, well, not, well, one of them homicidally crazed, you know, these two badasses. Which they had the nerve to backtrack and act like that. Oh no, he didn't do those other murders, really. Yeah, and I'm like, stop. Uh, yeah, another but thing. I'm sorry, I go on with I, that. that. That's kind of what I was leading to. How did you feel about the fact that they made um, that they backtrack not only on Richie Gecko, but also on Seth, where you know he's even though they're trying to make him like, well, I'm only a bank robber, I'm not a killer. Meanwhile, he has no problem shooting people in the face. Yeah, it's it was just too much. Like they started off. I, one of them, I had my lights listed down is that I thought that initially, meaning most of the first season, I really liked the relationship between uh, DJ Cadrona and uh, and um, Zane Holtz. Richie, yeah, you know, I, I I thought they were really good as the because you know, um, for anyone who doesn't know or doesn't remember, so DJ Cadrona is playing the George Clooney character, and Zane Holtz is playing Quentin Tarantino's character. Um, and I thought they did a good job not replicating them, but just, you know, being a TV version of this new expanded storyline. I thought they were really good. And then suddenly they just changed gears. Their writing, their personalities started to switch for reasons that only made sense to the writers. Like, in other words, it wasn't like the story drove it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, be- I became unhappy, but I initially really did like them. What, what about you, Ralph? How did you feel about, because the geckos in the beginning, they're like these badass ba- um, bank robbers. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, we're going to fight on the side of good, even though we're going to try to be badasses. How did you feel about that dynamic? Or did it not bother you? Because I know you're somebody that forgives a lot. And we always joke around about that. I, I, I didn't think too much of it. I thought that if um, you could see like the rift growing between uh, Seth and, and Richie. Mm-hmm. As as Richie starts to seem like more unhinged, yeah, you know, and um, he's like out of worry and concern that he doesn't believe him. But then once everything sort of like comes uh, true, and he's like, "Holy shit, Richie was right," you know, maybe I should have listened to him. Right. Then that that also seems like where uh, Seth seems like a little bit jealous of 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 Richie. I mean, I see. I see what you're saying with that. Yeah. So that's so it makes the rift even grow more. So that way, when Richie actually leaves him in the end. Of, of season one, that you could you would have seen that one coming. It's like, eh. but, see, but the thing is though, like that rift just seemed to explode out of nowhere. Like another it, because you have to realize. I mean, because everybody, and I don't just mean the the stars that we see. Everybody that they meet 
says Richie is crazy. So right. Richie's always been crazy. This has nothing to do with the visions he's getting. Yeah, he is crazy. And Seth's been defending right. him the whole time. Right, but and that's what I'm saying. And that's what was very clear in the movie. It doesn't matter. I mean, the movie had nothing to do with visions. I mean, Seth. I mean, Richie was, was just, just crazy. crazy. He was yeah. just crazy. But here, it's like they start. They stopped playing the fact. That Richie was crazy. In other words, everybody would reference it, even into season two. People would be like, well, Richie's the crazy one. Yes, he is. But yet, we start seeing that Richie's not crazy at all. I mean, like, and I don't mean because of visions. He just, he's just suddenly, he's very sane. He's thinking through the things. And, and I'm like, well, that's not the character you are. You, you're, you've just suddenly become another character. And it's well, certainly not because of, of the, the, the snake vampire thing you are. I, I, you know? I was going to say, well, maybe they're saying that, you know, that, you know, he got bit. Maybe it's changed him a little bit. Yeah, but that would be lame. And then they haven't stated that. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not like he's like, I think clearer or better now. It's like, no, you're, well, you just well, changed. He says, now I can see. Now I see, you know. Yeah, but that doesn't doing. make you. That doesn't mean that he was crazy because he never admitted to being crazy. You, you see, that's what I'm saying. That's, well, he was antisocial, right? But that's what I'm saying. It's it's the same. What I was saying, like, it was raising more questions than it was answering, but not in a good way for me. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I still I, enjoyed the series all in all, but it, these were my problems with it. I kind of like when things bring up other questions because it gives you the hope that you're gonna be able to have more episodes to kind of get into it because, um, you're not always gonna be able to tie your tie your series up in a bow every time there's always going to be some question it's right. kind of what made Chris Claremont so awesome as an X-Men writer mm-hmm. the fact that he would drop these ideas now it's some of the things that piss people off also but the idea that you drop these ideas or you you have these these questions um, and they're answered with things that bring up more questions I think that you know that's kind of what Rodriguez and his writing staff had did right but they if they did it well it wouldn't have been bad but like perfect example actually a very perfect example mm-hmm. was at no point did anybody, by the way, question. Now, remember, we've all watched both seasons, so I'm going to start only with season one. Okay. Didn't anyone just go, why does she have wings, Satanica Pandemonium? Oh. Uh, which is a fair question. Why yeah. does she have wings? And no one else seems to have wings. And also, why doesn't she really use the damn wings? But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, and then suddenly, um, and actually, let me see if I'm not, because I wrote it down, which one it is. Season two, episode eight. Now, there's only 10 episodes in a season. Right. So we're, we're what? Four quarters, I'm sorry, three-fifths or four-fifths, I'm sorry, four-fifths of the way through the end of the second season, Richie goes, oh, yeah, each Culebra has a special power. That's really not good writing. (laughs) Basically, what what you've written is, and lo and behold, and I said right then when I watched it, I said, which means you're going to have a special power that's going to pop up in episode 10 conveniently. Right. Well, guess what happened in episode 10? He gets a special power, which pops up conveniently. In other words, it's like, it's like, they didn't write this story idea out fully. It's like they were making it up like, well, we need to get out. Well, what if he does this by the end to get out? Oh, well, how are we going to explain it? Well, you know, in two episodes ahead of time, let's just bring up the concept. It's, you're you trying know. to say they, they lost it. Lost, in quotes, meaning like the show. Right, how yeah, they wrote exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what I was about to lead to that saying when you were saying about like, you know, bringing up plot points. I'm like, no, right. Lost proved how that was a bad idea when you bring up too many. You can, right. You can kind of infer that uh, each Culebra has its own power because when you see... In season one, when uh, the bartender has those like arm blades that he pops out, mm-hmm. and then uh, at the beginning of season two, where that one that spits like acid into their face or whatever. That's true. That's no, right, true. but that's the thing is I, again, and all they had to do was tell us this. Who was invisible on the wall? So it was like right, so. right. But I'm saying that I shouldn't have to think about this because all I'm thinking is at first they're just different types of snakes, not a special power, just different types of snakes because. You have spitter snakes. You have the snakes that can camouflage. I mean, these are snake qualities. 
but then to then let I me mean, know no snake has an eye that comes out of the middle of its hand so <laughs> we're literally dealing with special powers i mean you, yeah. you don't you know, know have you met all the snakes in the world yeah I, and, and by the way all the snakes in the world don't have hands yeah yeah all <laughs> have of them. you met all the snakes yes. in the world unfortunately i have if they're <laughs> if they don't have hands they're not snakes <laughs> don't but i know what you're saying ralph yeah. got, at no. one point they had hands oh boy I, here we go well, actually we don't know yeah no they've seen us a fossil, snake with hands fossilized how do you know it's a snake it could have just been another creature that had hands. It looked like a snake. Because the snake said, hey, that's my cousin. Oh, God. <laughs> exactly. That's the explanation I was waiting on. But no, that's my problem. Again, it's like it was out of the blue. It was just this explanation of that was a convenient plot point that you just really should have announced. Because the thing is, you have the professor that's explaining everything. And that, that guy was annoying. That, that in, was one in, thing. In, yeah, that. Exactly. You know, in professor season Tanner, one, right? yeah, yeah. that's explaining everything. And of that, he didn't, like, you know, he didn't go, like, you know, something like, and, you know, the Calabras, it also was rumored that each one of them had, like, some weird, you know, thing that they were able to do. Great. You've established that. Episode one. They could have done that, like, by episode, I mean, sorry, season one, episode six. Yeah. You know. It's those kind of things that were bothering me. It was just like, I'm watching, I'm like, this is not good writing. You should be plotting this out a lot better. I mean, I think, you know, I, I wasn't really bothered by that because, I don't know, I just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't bothered by, I mean, call me blind, but I mean, I, I was blind. blind. Oh, you enjoyed it too, Six Claws. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you it's going to be like six out of six. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, so now going back to the bonds, which right. when those bonds, okay, they're just regular um, what do they call them? Uh, and I should know what they're called. Uh, they're bearer bonds. bonds. They're just regular bearer bonds, which uh, for anyone that doesn't know what bearer bonds are, real fast. Um, normal bonds, when you buy them, it has your name or whoever's name on them so that you're the only person that can sell them. Bearer bonds says, uh, and they haven't been issued, bearer bonds haven't been issued in decades, are just bonds that were generated and whoever has them in their possession is now the owner. Meaning that if, if I lost my bond, it's lost. It's like a lottery ticket. It's like a, it's like it's a just gift lost. card. <laughs> yeah, it's just lost and whoever picks it up has it. So you have these bearer bonds, which are bearer bonds from we don't know what kind of business and we don't really care. But it turns out that when you blacklight them, they have a prophecy written on them. A prophecy. Not just, not, I mean, not even just Something, a hidden map. It wasn't even just a hidden map, which would have been annoying enough. A prophecy. That wasn't a prophecy. It was yes, just, he it was did say it was a prophecy. No, he said it's yes. a map and a prophecy. Uh, <laughs> feels like national treasure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, I'm like, so these bonds. Well, they explain how they got there, though. It's explained. How, how, how what got there? The How the map got onto the bonds. Which was? The brother, the the brother that found the well of the one of the lords. Uh-huh. He was the one who made the map. Okay. He says it. No, I'm, I'm no, I'm not. I'm saying, but okay. Yeah, it's explained. <laughs> that doesn't make it a good explanation. I'm like, I'm like. He oh, says, okay. He, he said he created the map in the event that he dies, and they they need to find the well. So he created the map, didn't tell anybody, put it on bonds, which nobody would have even thought to look for, so that somebody could find the well. Yeah, in the event of his death, who would find it? It's on Barra. Another bonds. culebra. <laughs> well, clearly someone knew. <laughs> all right, they all went right. To, they, they were looking right. for Al- them. Allow me to shift gears for a second. Um, we'll get away on second or third. What? Or second, second gear? Depending on where, where you feel like this goes. Um, okay, this show is the second time that we've seen Wilmer Valderrama as a badass character. Believable? Yeah. Yeah, he does a good job. Very well. He, I, I was very surprised. He oh. does a great fucking job. I mean, he, he's in um, uh, Minority Report. Yeah, yes, yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, now, and, my, and luckily, he has another job for when that's get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, I like him in this. I, I really wasn't sure if I was going to be able to take him seriously as a villain. I've seen him on my Minority Report, and he plays, you know, the not the commissioner, but like the the, the captain or whatever, whoever he is. And you know, he's got that bad side, and he's 
you know, whatever. But to see him as a villain, I was very impressed. I was, you know. No, I mean, he does, he does a good job. I'm used to seeing him in comedies, you know. He does a good job. Yeah. And he was a little funny, too, in this time. And I think, you know, because if, if you're dealing with a Rob Rodriguez movie, you the, it, your, your roles usually call for you to have... Well, it's always it's black very comedy. Quippy. It's, well, very it's, it's black comedy. I mean, you yeah. have to have something in there. I mean, it's it's the way um, Rodriguez and uh, Tarantino write. You know, yeah, very, um, yeah, okay. definitely in that. What is something that the TV show did better than the movie? Um, well, I I think they expanded on the Mesoamerican mythology a lot more. I mean, well, there was no Mesoamerican mythology really to expand on in the movie. It was just a two-hour movie or okay. less than that. I I like that um, until they start getting a little bit too weird. But then it's still good. Okay, what about you, Ralph? I'm gonna go with the same with Mike. I, I like how they really explained everything about the culebras and how, like, why they they are. I would I would like that they explain more about the nine lords. Yeah, that they need. Yeah. I was just about to go into. I'm like, that's the thing that makes very little to no sense because, in in fact, the, the weird part is no matter when they talk about the mythology and when we see flashbacks, the nine lords never pop up. So again, and this is the problem with the show. From what we've seen. Prior to them finally talking about the nine lords, who would we assume is in the lead of all of them? <coughs> Satanica oh, Pandemonium. Yeah. Right. She is the first that we're aware of. Again, I'm going on what we've been shown. I can't make assumptions. You have, and you only have a movie to show me. You had 20 episodes to make this very clear to me, and you didn't. <laughs> you know, right. that she was the first of her kind. I'm not saying she was. I'm saying this is what you've told or you've shown me and beginning. left me to assume yeah. is that she is the first of her kind right. and that she created all the others. Then you hear about these nine lords that you still don't know how this relates in any way, shape, or form to her at all. I mean, they just, they're there, but they don't tell me the hierarchy. But yet, at the same time, she's still, okay, then it seems to be, okay, there's nine lords and still just her, and the other collaborators come from her. But she's treated like less than a slave. She, and they even state <laughs> that she's lower than a slave. Right. And I'm like, but then they'll tell her, but every single lord says she's our queen. I'm like, I don't understand how this works. And I'm sorry, real fast, just one of the things, this way you can bring it all in. Um, what you're going to say there, Ralph, is, and then what really gets me is, even in the opening sequences, she's like, I worked for them. I brought them blood and souls. I'm like, you're just a dancer in a club that brings in a bunch of horny, like, Bikers. disreputable people. Like, anybody, literally, <laughs> they could just open the, they didn't need dancers. <laughs> Topless girls, come on in. Well, like, like, you know, all like, you gotta do is say free beer. Yeah, no, so that's another. So Don't my come point, across the border. Yeah, so my exact. Like, that's my point. My point is, I don't understand her purpose. Even in the show, after twenty episodes, I still do not understand her actual purpose. Right, you know. So, so from what I've gathered, mm -hmm. it was that. What's the name of the Lord that's in charge of the Twenty Twister? Remember his name? Oh, um, well, uh, the uh, the uh, Mavado. Mavado. Yeah. Okay. Mavado. So Mavado. Was around. He was the one who turned her into a culebra by throwing her into the pit. He that was, was him. Well, yeah, he was the one who like ordered it because he he coveted her. I didn't even in the flashbacks. I didn't notice that being a Morales. I saw it. No, no, it wasn't. They said it that it was. him. They said it, but they didn't show it. Oh, oh, oh okay, gotcha. okay, okay, gotcha. That it was him. That he was the one who because because he loved her. Right. Like, he was like infatuated with her, and she rejected him. He decided to turn her. Okay. So mm -hmm. then, um, what was I saying? Yeah. So he turned her, and then, uh, shit, I lost my train of thought. Jumped out. As to why she's so important to them. Right. <laughs> okay. So um, it's like his, her, his, uh, she is his property. Okay. So, I mean, I understand why he, well, see, the thing is, I understood why she was important to him. Yeah. And then, okay, so then, um, then it was that she, be, because of her beauty, she became known as the goddess, not among the lords. It was among the, the lower culebras. Right. And she became a goddess to them. 
Okay. That's what it was. And they like they prayed to her and stuff like for yeah. See, that's where it gets sketchy. I mean, I'm not I'm not disputing what you're saying. Yeah. I'm just saying but that's where it gets sketchy because it just seems there's really no reason other than the fact that in the movie she was called the queen of them. Yeah. Like so that they kept that, but I'm like, yeah, but you well, haven't, cause, you cause still haven't was, shown me why, she, you know. Because he's a lord, he's like considering her Yeah. Um, his queen, uh, I mean, yeah, but I not not queen like you know we're equal. Well, well like well, like in a lot of patriarch patriarchal societies where yeah, you might be the woman that I'm with, yeah. but I'm still considered way way more important than you, and you're just a woman who's just by my side. I can have anybody else right. replace you, which I mean, might be yeah. The, I mean, and I get that. It's just like I said, it's just that but that's not the reaction everyone gives. It's just like well, she's the queen, and they're like, but she doesn't seem to do anything differently like than any. And that's even even the lords. Don't seem to be that much more advanced than the regular ones. They just have a big snake in them. Yeah, yeah. Which at the same time too then makes it weird is that Richie has a snake in him, which from was, way back, yeah, before even being bitten. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, this again problems with the story writing. It's like every it, was, it felt like ten different writers started oh, writing no, no, ten different was, versions of the script. That was after he was bitten. Oh, so was it afterwards? Yeah, it I was thought after. it was before he was no, looking no. back because he was already shot. Remember, he got re, re, uh, regenerated. You thinking about the vision where the snake comes out of him? Yeah, that was a vision. No, no, the snake when it jumps into his mouth from his hand. That was the vision. Oh, I thought that was a vision. I thought that was in the hotel room. Yeah, that was a vision. He was hallucinating. Oh, okay. That so was he a- was some odd reason seeing what would see. It, th- that th- was that was um, Santanico pandemonium showing him how to see. So that's where the like the the snake is going right. into his hand and he's looking through it and then he sees the woman on the bed, like all sexy and whatnot. I guess I see this. That was all. That was all hallucination. Yeah, no, no, and I get that, but I mean, but it's a hallucination that seemed to become fact because, like, it was more like foreshadowing. I guess. Yeah, but again, once again, it's just this vagueness that I just don't get from watching the show. Like, it just feels like, like I was saying before, it feels like ten different writers started writing ten different versions, and like you know, every day someone like like slapped down a a page out of their sheets next to somebody else's, (laughs) (laughs) and you were like, all right, well, we're going with this now. You know, it works. (laughs) And like I said, I, I enjoyed it. It's just. There's just something that's, and especially when it has Rodriguez's name on it, and he's a good director and writer. I'm just, I know he's not writing all these. Right. It's just still your name's on it, dude. Like, yeah. you know, maybe you might want to, you know, look in <laughs> every now and then. <laughs> hey, guys, how's it going? <laughs> just pop your head in. So, what do you guys got today? Uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, this doesn't work. Nope, nope. Uh huh. Okay, this one's good. All right, all right. Nope. Okay, fix all that shit. Everything you've done, throw it out. And then gave me some new shit. Yeah. And what do we think about, <laughs> by the way, um, the Ocean's Eleven feel to this damn thing? Like, that's the other thing that got me. Like, I'm like, with the heist, everything's oh, a heist. Yeah. Every single thing is a heist. And I'm like, I don't understand what kind of show I'm supposed to be watching here. When <laughs> episode, in the first season, when they did the heist, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you the know, heist like, that was in the labyrinth. I'm like, you're telling me your vision is for you to do a heist. I just about, well, it's, I, it's the one I almost that, dropped my TV. The one that they couldn't do. The one that, that Seth failed because Richie wasn't with him. Right, but it was, again, it was just so, it was just, you know what this reminded me of? Um, I actually was thinking about this um, midway through the second season. I'm like, it reminded me very much of when we were um, watching and reviewing The Man from Uncle. Not meaning anything about the visuals. Just, uh, just the idea was you sacrifice substance for your style. Right. And that's because it means it's very stylish, and it's and it that it's very consistent with its style is very consistent. You definitely feel like, but, but the substance it, yeah. is just very hit or miss at times for me. You know, nah, I, I definitely, I, I mean, it, it, it was much it, more of a hit for you. It, it was, it was definitely a hit for me. I mean, to to watch to watch this particular um, movie. Now you don't have to flesh out everything. Like there's some no, you don't have to flesh out everything. I mean, I like mystery, but mystery shouldn't be 
perplexing. Mystery should just be like, ooh, that's cool. I wonder what that is. But even if I don't find out, it's cool. I shouldn't be like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> you know? let, let, me, let me ask you this. Who in the, who in the TV show that, that should have been dead at a certain time? I'm sorry. Let me explain it again. Because there's two characters, two main characters that should have died. It shouldn't have even made it to season two. Well, there's only two people that should be alive, and that should be Seth and Kate. I mean, that's it. There's well, no one else that should be alive. Yeah. Do, you, do, do you think any of them... Um, because right now... Well, think about it. The, the, um, what's his name? Um, the dad, Robert Patrick's character. Yeah, he's um, been dead. Yeah, he's been dead, but he lasts a lot longer than, you know... Well, he made it. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, well, he made it to, like, episode nine, right? Like, or yeah, eight or well, nine, he, yeah. But he died in the titty twister, just like he did but, in the but movie, also, but just but different Rich, reasons. Richie's supposed to be dead? Yeah. And Scott's supposed to be dead. Right. Which one of those did you feel like in this show, like, oh, he needs to die? Scott. Well, Scott, I mean... <laughs> I mean, Richie it several times, but I, that's I, just I, my I, opinion. I, I, Richie was getting kind of annoying after a while. Yeah, I mean, well, again, my problem with the show, uh, with the writing. Um, Richie, uh, it's the writing of him that gets very annoying at times. But uh, Scott, I mean, they're just kind of like keeping him on. It's like, okay, we're keeping a little bit more, first of all, diversity because he's Asian. Um, and then, like, you know, we're trying to keep a younger person, you know, because you have the young white girl who's not of the Culebras, you know. She should have died. Uh, like yeah, she should have died over. a billion times over. Her, that was the other thing I was leading up to is, how how because when I mentioned the uh, the Ocean's Eleven, I was about to ask, and also how many of you? Because I know I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the bad decision making that everybody makes. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's just do that. That's really stupid. Oh wait, it bit me in the ass. Really, what a surprise! I'm going to do it again though. Really? really? How many times are you going to go save your brother that just murdered a bunch of people? Yep. And, and in fact, I'm waiting that if it catches on enough, that eventually they're going to go. Scott didn't really murder all those kids. I was following around and I murdered them just to make him, you think that he did it. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, it's just, it, it, it's very much telenovela. Scott's, in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> Scott's know? very, Scott's a character that, that I've, I'm kind of done with. I mean, Richie was annoying, but I, I kind of wish Richie, instead of, instead of him going calmer, be, when he's become a culebra, that he's gotten a little more crazed. Right. I think that would have been kind of cool. And then for Seth to kind of kill him. Oh, well, I mean, oh, come on. I mean, the, the Calabas themselves just, they killed me uh, uh, towards the end. Now we're talking about uh, episode 10. I know we're jumping around, but deal with it. Um, <laughs> when they get to the Jack, well, they're at the Jackknife Jed. You know, everything's, yeah. all the shit's gone down. You know, uh, Movado's dead, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Um, Richie is confident that, I mean, not Richie, uh, um, Carlos is confident that for whatever reason, he's going to be revived, even though he's chopped into pieces because he doesn't want Demi Lovato out of nowhere to help her. But by the way, she was out of nowhere. Love of his life, out of nowhere. Um, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely out of nowhere. Um, but what, uh, what was it leading to? Oh, but then you have, like you were mentioning about Richie, you know, maybe you get a little bit more violent. All right, I'm in charge now. Um, you have uh, Kisa. Oh, Rich, uh, Seth, you really should be the one in charge. Why? They have not explained that at all. Why should a man that is not a Culebra be in charge of them? She's good with that. But... Richie, I'm in charge of you guys now. Da, 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 da. Seth shows up. I'm going to beat you up in front of your people. All right. Now, I just beat you up in front of your people. I have no powers. <laughs> and you're all going to listen to Richie after this. That's not how a leader works. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? Clearly, you haven't been to prison, my friend. If you want to be top dog, you got to take down no, 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 the no, no, top no, 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 no. dog. No, no, no. They're not listening to Seth. Oh. Richie gets his ass beat yeah, yeah. and they turn around and they go, you want us to take him? He just beat your leader. You're not <laughs> going to listen to this man. He's saying if, if this was jail, they would have oh, taken, they would have taken Richie yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, he's still, I'm like, I'm not understanding this. You know? Oh my goodness. So, hey, you know. baby. so <clears throat> I mean, right there is when things got a little, th- things got a little crazy. Well, that's already, already toward the end. What was interesting is how do you feel about the, how they dealt with, um, 
Kate. Because Kate, you know, like, I mean, my cheer when she fi- when she finally died was that was that oh, the sound I heard? She didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's um, gonna come back either like badass. But, in I, some but kind I think of it's way. one of those things. It's one of the problems I had with True Blood, and and mind you, I liked True Blood, but everybody became something, and that's my issue. Why can't right. you just be a human being? Right. You know. Or, uh, well, I mean, please. The the Culebras, they went from like these people that oh wow these Culebras are here at the Titty Twister blah 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 to evidently they're everywhere. <laughs> you know, collaborators are everywhere. They are part of all society. And I'm like, really? We're going there with this? <laughs> you know, listen, I'll stop watching if they start introducing like werewolves and like you know other. No, stuff. no, I, I'm done. I'm done. Well, there. They, I guarantee you, they will. Um, they will introduce something else. I guarantee you. I definitely, as long as it's part of Aztec lore and that kind of thing, I'm fine. But if it's like Aztec werewolves, they turn into geckos. Uh, Which is why the Gecko Brothers were there. Oh, I see it and all. The, and they're like lone wolves. Because like oh. <laughs> the regulator, he was like uh, made out of like he was like a golem or something. Yeah, right? basically, I was about to say he was like a golem of some form. Yeah, the ring, the ring. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> wrong golem. Oh. <laughs> um, is there anything else you wanted to add before we go to rating? Um, I mean, oh, what do we think, by the way, about uh, Ranger Freddy, Ranger Gonzalez? I liked I, him. I liked that. I liked him at, at times. I mean, again, he's another person that just makes one bad decision after another, and not in a character fault, but just in a writer fault. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, I kind of, I, I kind of attribute that to you know, he's so, or at least in the first season, it's all about the revenge of of getting, you know, getting back for Don Johnson dying because right. nobody wants to see Don Johnson die. I did. <laughs> he was old enough to look like he was going to die in his own natural causes <laughs> shout out to John he, Johnson he was dying he just fell in front of the bullet as it was going by him oh they shot Don, me Don Johnson we still waiting on the show <laughs> sure <laughs> bring Ava Mendez oh, oh poor, poor Aaron <laughs> shout out to Aaron yeah <laughs> but I mean I enjoy Freddie Gonzalez's character I mean it, you know the fact that he slowly introduced you know who he was and you know how important you know his importance to the story because at first like I could give a shit about yeah. a fucking sheriff but it was kind of cool when they did the whole Aztec warrior thing I was a little bit yeah. turned off but I still liked yeah. it. That's the Aztec warrior thing I, I'm not a fan of. I, I do like him and I do like his character at times. Again, at the Jackknife Jed. Yeah. So there's a I mean not everybody. I mean, there's a room full of normal people and then there's a room full of Calabras as well, right? Yeah. Things are going on outside. The Calabras are ready to start to attack. And he's like, nah, just stay here. And I'm like, okay, who are you to them? <laughs> Why are they listening to you at all? <laughs> you know. Hey, convenient writing. <laughs> That's my problem. Um, I'm, well, I was a big fan, big fan of the fact that a lot of things they kept true. Like the City Twister, um, it looked, I mean, looked kind of like the movie, just a little bit more upgraded. I like the fact that Los Lobos was still actually the band that yeah. was on the stage. I was like, yes, because I love Los Lobos. Los Lobos and Los Lonely Boys, some of my favorite groups of all time. That Tex-American kind of music, that rock sound, love it. And the fact that they stayed true and even played songs that they played in the movie. Right. I was like, oh, man, they're playing this song. Okay, pretty kick-ass. I was very happy that he stayed very you know connected to that instead of getting some other band to do it. Right. So I was very happy with that. I don't and- think they were probably that expensive. <laughs> now, Los Lobos is pretty popular, bro. I'm not it's, saying they're not popular. I'm just just on the West Coast. On the not, West Coast, they're I'm very just popular. saying it's not U2. <laughs> oh boy, U2's here. Yeah, stop with that. <laughs> By the way, U2 are in front of me. In fact, <laughs> no. Yeah, they don't, don't, don't. Um, Robert Patrick. Also, I was very happy to see he, he he actually played a better Jacob Fuller than Harvey Keitel. Yeah, in my in my opinion, he played a better 
you know, Patrick, uh, um, Jacob Fuller. I was like, wow, he's a little more fleshed out. You can see, yeah. you can see that he's a little bit more um, tortured. Yeah, you know, like he has all these things going on, and it's not like overly played. Right, it, it was done really well. I really, I really enjoyed yeah. that. I mean, also, I mean, to his defense, he had ten episodes to play it. True, yeah. and, and a lot more to play with. Right. Yeah, that's good. All right, so ratings for the two seasons of actually, if you could rename the series, what would you rename it? I'll let you sit there for a second, and I already know what I'll rename it: Dust Till Dawn. Not that many titties in the titty twister. Damn it! You, you took my title. Of course I did. <laughs> I was, you know, it's funny. I was watching anytime that they were in the club, and I was like, "Oh, Ralph's probably not happy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, here's my title: From Dust Till Dawn. Uncle Eddie died for no reason. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Eddie showed up episode what um, oh eleven? Yeah. Sound like <laughs> and, and died by sixteen. <laughs> His def- just It was, Fahey. It was pointless because the regulator was already dying. He was yeah. already shot. Why would you jump on his back? I mean, granted, yeah. he, did, well, he didn't know it was dying, but even still, it's like, dude, you're an old man. Why are you jumping on that damn and, thing's and back? And then, <laughs> why in a garage do you have just like pointy objects pointing out of nowhere? Well, I guess it wasn't you know regulated by the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mike? If you could rename this series, what would you name it? Um, Dust Till Dawn, which is supposed to kill the Culebras, but somehow they seem to walk around in it whenever it's convenient to them, but then they burn <laughs> later on. <laughs> Very long side. All right. All right. So ratings for From Dust Till Dawn, seasons one and two. Mike? All right. I'm going to give this a very, and I stress the word, very shaky, seven and a half. Attention, pussy shoppers. Take advantage of our penny pussy sale. If you buy one piece of pussy at regular price, you get another piece of pussy of equal or lesser value for only a penny. Try and beat pussy for a penny. If you can find pussy cheaper, fuck it. <laughs> Out of 10. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm going to give it... Oh, hey, Riley. I'm going to give it three and a half. All we need is Danny Trejo. Oh, there he is. Out of five. <laughs> I was very happy to see him in the series. Um, because he's always in those Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino movies. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this would not be a series if he's not there. And when he showed up the re- as the regulator, fist pump. I know. <laughs> I was very happy for that. Ralph? I give it eight. Oh, my fucking God. He just ripped that guy's face off oh. out of ten. When, uh, when Movado um, ripped his face off? Oh, my what? goodness. What? And he has a, a coat with faces on it. Made out of faces. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Like, I mean, no, that was actually, actually really was cool. a very cool thing, you know. All right, so there you have it. From Dusk Till Dawn. Series not as good as the movie, but still worth watching. So we'll be back with more. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, after I change Riley, but according to Gigi, she already left a little stinker for us. <laughs> so you've watched Daredevil twice? Sure, you're going to pass judgment, Mr. I Love Barbed Wire. Hey, Grumpy Oldman, we're recording a commercial here. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're just mad because we're not talking about your all-time favorite movie, Tomcats. Isn't that only watched by 12-year-old girls? Ralph is a 12-year-old girl. Have you not seen him? Hey, that's a good movie. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Hey, guys, this is The Cap here with Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph the Tech inviting you to join the conversation from the show. We know you love Doctor Who, superheroes and their villains, gaming and TV and movie watching, but you need some very honest reviews from some very funny guys. So why don't you join in the conversation? Check out our Facebook page where you can like it and even leave a comment. And if you want to share it with your friends, our podcast is located on iTunes and also on SoundCloud. Because you hear what they say, great comic book debates are better in numbers. Now back to the show. First off, we need to do a new commercial. Just saying. We need lots of new things. <laughs> yeah, like a new host. Uh, wow. Sorry, Ralph. Who's going to help us out then? <laughs> a new host, not the tech guy. Hey, you're one of the hosts. Hello. 
Well, I guess we don't need you then. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I agree. Second at <laughs> Democracy <laughs> wins. Motion passed. Too bad it's a hierarchy. Goodbye, cat. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway. All right. Let's go. I want to see him spell hierarchy. Shut up. <laughs> H. I argue. Really? You're talking about spelling? <laughs> you should. There's things you can talk about. You can't talk about spelling. All right. On to the second half of the show. Superhero headquarters. Villain hideouts. So many times you, or maybe I as a kid, might have played with your friends and imagined you were underneath your couch and it was the Batcave. Or you wanted to buy the G.I. Joe headquarters because, well, it could hold all the action figures and the vehicles effortlessly. Or maybe you hung out in your friend's house and used to call it the Hall of Justice. What if those actual places existed? Why would you even want to own one of those places? So the question I'm posing to the crew is, if any superhero headquarters or villain lair existed in real life and you had the money to be able to purchase one of them, which of these headquarters would you own and why? Um, I'm going to start with Ralph because Ralph is being a smartass to me today. <laughs> and he doesn't like going first. So I like doing things that he doesn't like. <laughs> Ralph, stop playing with his butt. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was the top of his head. You know he's so hairy, you can't tell the difference. <laughs> his ass, his head. What's the difference? <laughs> the face is prettier. <laughs> the ass face. <laughs> they both smell the same. So I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> the one that talks. All right. The ass. Because <laughs> he talks from his ass, right? All right, Ralph. So, um, out of all. Any headquarters. Um, I was going to mention a couple of them, but I'll leave it to you. I'm like, why would you? <laughs> because he'll say he came up with it. And say, oh, he top of my head. He's so head. jealous that he doesn't have the quick news to talk like I do. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah He just he wants is. to talk. He is, yeah. <laughs> Shit up. <laughs> so, I, for me, I would choose, get ready for this, yes. the TARDIS. Ooh. I know what you're going to say. It's not a headquarters, but yes, no, it no, is. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll, no, I didn't no, see what the problem I, was at all. He, he, he thought I was going to hate on it. Yes. Now, yeah, you will. Well, no, I, I have a, I'm not hating on the TARDIS. I actually, have, I had a backup just in case. Yeah, but the TARDIS. Okay, now why the TARDIS? All right, for one, that thing could go anywhere in time and space. All right, not so, to a locked moment. Ooh, burn, <laughs> Doctor Who burn. He, he could still do it, but it'll just create a paradox. Ha! And destroy everything, pretty much. But he could still do it, anyways. <laughs> oh, what? oh, you guys are talking about shit? Okay. All right. So picture this. All right, I have the TARDIS. Right, I could throw. It's an infinite space inside with infinite amount of rooms, and you can make it as big as you want, and it's customized to your personality, right? So the moment you walk in, of course, you're going to see like a bank of computers and whatnot if it's my TARDIS, right? So what I could do then is I could have the best uh, um, moving rave in the world. where it, it Moving just, rave. Yeah, where it pops up anywhere in the world, right? People pay to get in, one hell of a party, they'll have fun. And, you know, it'll take them different places, too. So it'll just be like, the whole thing would be like, it starts in one place and somewhere else. Ends on Jupiter, where they all die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, just real fast. Are you sure it has infinite space on the inside? I know it's really large. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's, in, I don't think it's endless. I mean, I've, I've gone through about, like, six levels of it so far, and I still can't find the end. So. <laughs> oh, man. It seems pretty infinite to me. Let me ask but, you But, I mean, it has, it has a swimming it's got a pool. pool. Oh, it has it's a, a basketball court. It's got a pool? It has yeah. a pool. And it has a basketball court? A basketball, it has a wardrobe. Like what, what does wardrobe? a white British guy know about basketball? Fuck that. I'm sorry, he's not British. He, he's an alien. Excuse me. Yeah. Sorry. What does a brown Latina know about English? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More than, a, more than an English alien knows about basketball. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he's a time lord. 
He just seems to be British. Whatever. Exactly. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. If you could make any adaptions or changes when, once you owned it, you purchased it, sold, yeah. TARDIS belongs to you, what would you change? Uh, instead of it being uh, a phone booth, it'd be an old Volkswagen bug. Nope. Sorry. It's broken. <laughs> My bad. Not, not the bug. The, the van. Oh, the love wagon. Oh, you mean the rape mobile? Yes. Yeah, that'll get people going to your rape. <laughs> the rape mobile. <laughs> wow. That's pretty much what that is. <laughs> wow. I, I guess the 70s. Let me, let, okay, let's put it this way. Imagine a bunch of young, hot chicks walking down the street, and you have that device, and you go, hey, you want to get in the back of it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you would have had better luck like, getting me into that phone booth. <laughs> it's really big on the inside. Sure. Sure it is. <laughs> Um, I, it's a, a funny side note. When when my wife was pregnant and we would walk to her, uh, her you mean office. waddle? I saw her. <laughs> she, <laughs> didn't, she, <laughs> she didn't waddle until the last month. But when we were walking to her doctor's appointments, um, and even when she gave birth to the baby, there's this phone booth. There's this phone booth on the corner of like I want to say it's thirty thirty seventh Street. And maybe Third Avenue or Lex, and it looks like the TARDIS. Oh, okay. It's it's like it doesn't say police on it, but it's an old school phone booth. Don't ask me why it's there. It's not even a phone booth anymore, but it's a blue booth. And every time um, Gigi and I walk by, and she goes, "Oh, look, <laughs> the TARDIS." That's where I parked it. Well, well, I've I mean, been looking for that thing forever. When New York is home to a lot of people visiting, and Superman needs somewhere to change, so <laughs> I don't see why you have a problem with that being there. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Superman can't change if he keeps blowing up the city. <laughs> I want to go back to Gigi's waddling while she's pregnant. Because <laughs> <laughs> every single time you guys went out to a doctor's appointment, Batman showed up. <laughs> Well, bat me a little around there. <laughs> um, one other question I was going to ask you: um, being that the TARDIS is a time machine, yes. If you had one option to go back to a certain time, whether in your life or any other time in history, where would you go? And you can only go once. You can only go once, and you know, do that. Where would you go? Would you go back to right before uh, the cap wrote this question for us to answer <laughs> and make him not do it? Wow. <laughs> That'd be on the list, but I, I would have to say I'd probably go to right before the American Revolution to see the founding of America. Which the day, founding though? or the the fondling? Both, <laughs> both the fondling and the founding. Because oh. soon after the fondling, America got fucked. Yeah, <laughs> as it usually happens. I, I want to go and sign the Declaration of Independence. Amer- America got fucked when the when the Pilgrims and everybody else came over and got rid of the Native Americans. I'm just saying. <laughs> the okay, as I like to point out to all the people, the Pilgrims did not kill the Native Americans. <laughs> yeah, it was all of the disease that they brought in. But the Pilgrims didn't do that. That was later on. That was the disease. Actually, that it was before them. then. <laughs> All right, all right. But all it was right. the see, I would go and sign the Declaration of Independence and just write Ralph the Tech on it and just have people wonder like who the fuck was the Tech? Who's this Ralph the Tech that signed the Declaration of Independence? I don't even know if the word would exist. Exactly. <laughs> they would just they just be like ah, some slow person got in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All and right. Then, and then I would write MFG and just make them wonder what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I'm assuming it's some kind of motherfucking genius. <laughs> and they would be right. He's been waiting to use that. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I'll go on with the one I picked. Oh wait, just my backup was. Oh, the, your backup. Go ahead. It was the tri carrier. The tri carrier? Yeah. From Agents of Shield. Oh, eh, that's all right. Okay. Yeah, the Tricarrier or the Triskelion? Triskelion, whatever. The well, that's because that's from because, Shield in general. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You, mean, you mean the Triskelion? The, well, the Tricarrier is the one they have in uh, in the animated series. Oh, okay. 
that it turns in, it's also it turns it's uh it's three different carriers and one of them goes into space oh, okay oh. That, that, that's kind of cool yeah all right as for mine I, there's a couple that i've always wanted I'll, I'll say my backup in a bit but the one i'm gonna go with and yeah, stand up send you up for this one is the x mansion I've always it's it's funny because even in the book, Gigi, don't move in there. It's going to get blown up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> just letting you know, don't even bother to clean ever. It's just going to get blown up. Well, first off, the fact Damn that it, I quit. <laughs> the, I mean, first off, one thing I always liked about the X Mansion, and before the, even the cartoons came out, and I say cartoons because even in the '80s when they had that one-off cartoon of the X-Men and they had the X-Mansion there and then they had Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Oh, you're talking oh. about, I'm like, there was no one-off X-Men cartoon. Yeah, there was. You're talking about the was, Spider-Man was, cartoon. No, no, no. There, there was a, there was a, a Spider-Man a, and his amazing friends. There's a one, there's an X-Men one episode where they did it in the 80s where they tried to have them as their own series and it was the same, the same producers of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Oh. I gotta look for it. It is with Wolverine sounding like the Australian. Because that was on Spider-Man. Yeah, no, it, friends. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. There's, there's an episode where um, they're doing like a X-Men reunion where uh, well, they've done a couple, that's Firestar one, yeah. and, and Iceman go back to the mansion. But even before they did in the cartoon, just oh. in the books, they've always like did the X-Mansion really well. Number one, it's off the beaten path. So you're not in the middle of New York City, but you're close enough so you could drive down. But I've always been intrigued. Well, they're in Westchester, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're in Westchester. They're in New York. Yeah, so it's, it's you know, you're, you're close enough to the city where if you want to go down and check out a movie, you can. Or if you don't want to see anybody, you can. And if you live in a mansion, you got a movie theater in there. So what? If you have a mansion, you have a movie theater in there. That, well, that's true. But also... So you the, just be like, hey, bring that reel over here. We're playing that shit in my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing I'm looking forward to, speaking of movies, Shi'ar technology. The fact that alien technology has fixed the, um, the what do you call it, the, um, the danger room. Uh-huh. And that you can actually... Like, you the probably, one they tried to kill them? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's later writing. That's later writing. Uh, yeah, you like that idea, baby? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that'd be like the greatest babysitter for Riley. You just put her in the room, program the the danger room. Okay, take care of my baby. Do not kill her. <laughs> well, I'm Let's saying, see. take care of my baby. What room did you put her in? The danger room. <laughs> I wonder why it has that name. But I remember watching the cartoons in the danger room. Didn't seem so dangerous. It was like you know they had obstacles for everybody, and you have Angel flying through hoops. I'm like, really? That's the, all the danger you have? Yeah, that was all the danger he had. <laughs> I'm like, that's all you do is fly through this metal hoop. How many villains? Well, the hoop master is out. Get Angel. <laughs> I, I'm sure there were like flies that were like thrown in his face just in case, like he could miss them. Because like, when you're flying through the the air, you know there's gonna be flies hitting your face. Or, or wow. Or, or or maybe humidity. Because <laughs> the mess of his beautiful hair. Yeah. Or they're yeah. just like lower um, the amount of oxygen in that level because if he flies too high, you know, there's not he can't breathe that well. Right, right. So they just do that. Uh, he's equipped for that. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I mean, besides the Shi'ar, besides the Shi'ar technology, I also thought about the um, the fact that you have Cerebro there. I mean, I would have to hire a telepath to be able to use it. Yeah, and you'd also have to extend the shell so it fits over your head, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My head is not that big. <laughs> it wouldn't be cerebro. It would be cerebro. <laughs> you could just like modify it so that anybody could use it. Yeah, definitely true. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, but I mean, I don't think that would work really well because then I would be even more of a target for villains to come yeah. through. But we would know when he was using cerebro. Who left the cerebro on to find every location of McDonald's in the city? <laughs> <laughs> Mines would be Spanish restaurants. Get it right. <laughs> oh, Senor McDonald's. <laughs> it's like. What? Oh, Gigi's in the cerebro again. <laughs> it's like, wait, why 
are there like six locations of Caridad looked up right here? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and and lastly, one of the big things for me, the, and this is what they added in the movie. I don't know if they did it in the, I think they did it in the cartoon, but not in the comics as much. The basketball court that opens up and the blackbird comes out. Yeah. It's not a basketball court. It's always been the. Uh, it's Tennis always been court. under the water. No, no, no. But no. in but in the movie, in the movie it was a basketball. In the court. basketball court. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I kind of dig that because you know if I need to make a getaway, I have the blackbird waiting for me. But you know what? Maybe I wouldn't have a blackbird. Maybe I have a smaller jet because knowing me, I can barely drive a car. What makes you think I can fly? Tiger Woods tried to get away from an angry wife, and you saw how that worked out for him. <laughs> so I don't think the blackbird's going to help you at all. <laughs> Even with its uh, was it stealth technology, still still find you. Wow, <laughs> it's only it's only stealth if you're not looking at it. Yeah. Like like it, it hides from other planes, but you're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> you just give me a call, I'll pop in with the TARDIS, and you can get you out. Why do I have to go to your base when I have my own base? <laughs> well, because my base is cooler. Whatever. <laughs> and my backup um, base was actually the Thunder. Uh, what do they call it? The Cat's Lair from Thundercats. I don't know. You've never seen the Thick Hats Lair from Thundercats? I don't know what it was called. I yeah. wasn't Did you know, like the temple of something? No, no, no. Doom? No. No, no, oh. no, no. no the, cat, the, the Cat's Lair was one of the coolest things. And when they even made that toy, they, they made it pretty cool, but nobody could buy it because it was so expensive. Only like four people bought it. Joe probably had it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why do you say I always buy things? You always have them. <laughs> it's probably worth a fortune if that's the case then. <laughs> Mike, if you had any choice of headquarters or villains hideout to own... See, this would be a question for Black Doom, but I won't even go there. <laughs> Which would you purchase and why? No man is in. What? No man is in. No man is in. No man is in. What is that? No man is in island. No. <laughs> no man is an island. <laughs> it's called No man is in, and that is the island headquarters of Syndrome from The Incredibles. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yep. Located no. somewhere in the South Pacific, somewhere near Easter Island is about where it should be located, actually. Right. Yeah. Now, this would be complete with all the goons, or would you have to hire your own goons? You have a secret base. Goons just find you. You ever notice that? <laughs> like, they don't advertise for them. They just kind of show up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's like a goons Craigslist that just lists all the properties. <laughs> maybe, but, maybe it's an alert on their phone, like Zillow. <laughs> but I am certainly not going out gardening in a whole island. So, yeah, there's going to be some people there. <laughs> And, and, and it's funny because you see that island. I'm like, why that island instead of Spider Island per se? Spider Island. Well, you oh, know what? When, when he had the base, when, when he was Doc Ock and he had the base, because the it's island base, part of Manhattan. <laughs> this is out in the South Pacific where no one is around me on a beautiful, lush island. And why? Because it's an entire island, an actual <laughs> island. You know. So, um, hey, just quick update. It, it was called uh, Cat Slayer. Okay, what's the cover cat there? All right. Oh, I mean, come on. It's beautiful. It's got retro futuristic uh, 50 styling. Right. So it's just beautiful to look at. It, like I said, big sell. It's an island. <laughs> it's not related to anything else. It's my island. Tons of man killing robots. So when those Jehovah's Witnesses yes. come by, because just. Because Jehovah's Witnesses are coming to the yeah. South Pacific. They go everywhere. They go everywhere. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, I, I like the state of the art computer. It's got radar, satellite systems, so I can blow you out of the sky. Has massive hallways lined with booby traps, including the ones that fire tar. I mean, <laughs> so that you can't simply drop by on me. You know? Don't forget the torture room. Well, it has lots of living and mechanical animals on the island for sightseeing and mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's filled with jets, rockets, and the coolest circular hover death crafts ever. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're not hovercrafts. They're, ho- they're hover death crafts. Hover death crafts. Yeah, yeah. I'm Don't forget going. that amazing lagoon. Well, we haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. Um, it's got maglev um, monorail. 
So it's got oh, magnetic right, monorail, yeah. yeah. Monorail for fast, smooth travel around the island. It's got insanely huge dining room with a lava waterfall view. <laughs> it doesn't get any cooler. You guys don't have lava waterfall views. That opens know? up to a secret control room. Yes. That's, well, it goes back to my great computer room. It's got multiple R&D labs to explore my benevolent and cruel creations. Um, <laughs> it has huge, these vast caverns filled with skeletons of my enemies and former podcast members. <laughs> Oh, so there were other podcasts before this. I wondered where those guys went. <laughs> there were others before you, and there will be lots more after. <laughs> that doubt that. Just getting used I, you, to you. You do no cardio. You can't catch me. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. I don't need cardio to catch you. <laughs> I'm on a motorcycle. No way you catch me. Because <laughs> you're on a motorcycle now. Right. <laughs> vroom, vroom. Yeah. yeah, same vroom, vroom doesn't make you move any faster. <laughs> <laughs> vroom, vroom. I'm like, I can still see you. <laughs> but most importantly, uh, it has a volcanic crater as the main centerpiece on the island with lava pits for soothing dry saunas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Sounds well, like heaven. It's funny because when you, when you say it all at one time, it sounds like it sounds like it's got everything. But what is something that you would add or take away it, once you owned it? So you owned um, this island. What would you add or take away? What would I add or take away? Yeah, you know, is there anything about this? Like, you, if you wanted to upgrade this island, you say, okay, well, you know, now that it's MFG's island, I'm going to upgrade it. Well, I mean, I probably put some things below it so I can just move it because once you guys found out where it is, I'm certainly not going to stay in the same area. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you put. Uh, I'll use Ultron technology to move my island. <laughs> it works so well for him. <laughs> I'm surprised you wouldn't have like an on-call, uh, on-call tech person, on-call um, scientist there too. Uh, no, I'm there enough, and I, I really don't want Ralph knowing where I live. <laughs> <laughs> I already know that GPS trick that I put inside your brain is working very well. <laughs> <laughs> and did you did you have a second? No. I, I make up my mind. <laughs> he just put up uh, pictures of himself all over the island. Where it'd be like, you know how like uh, you got those uh, Obama pictures? It'd be pictures of him like that, but under it, it'll say obey. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> obey. Yeah. I, I wish we could talk to Black Doom. We'd find out what he liked. He has a place. Oh, Black Varia, right. <laughs> Forgot about that. Let me ask you guys an additional question. Have you ever been there? You don't want to go. No, I'm not dark enough. He called me in for tech support once. I barely made it out of there with my life. I mean, you tell the guy, you know, you got slow internet speed and he gets pissed off. It's crazy. Let me ask you guys this. Is there a layer or superhero base that you remember seeing that you said, wow, that's the lamest headquarters that I could imagine for either a villain or headquarters to have. Mine was always, even though it's classic and people love it, the Legion of Doom, that little... That, oh, no, yeah. yeah, in the swamp. It, sure, I can't see a bit. Because it wasn't like, they never said it was stealth. They never said no, that. No, it was just hidden under the swamp. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you, you can hear something like that go underwater and come back out. Wow, what was that big thing? Well, we don't have whales in the area. Let's check that big old blue thing that's underneath with the lights. Well, it's a swamp, too, so it's not like it's a huge area. Well, yeah, they wouldn't only stay in the swamp, though. You know, you can imagine them going somewhere else. They, they seem to like the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Hence why they keep losing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, uh, in uh, Justice League Unlimited, where they have the, the watchtower in space, mm -hmm. it's like anyone, any of your villains could knows where that watchtower is. Yeah. They could just send a barrage of, of missiles up there. And eventually wear down your systems, you know? But you also have a, team, a bunch of superheroes on that place. Don't you think the missiles would stand? Oh, oh no. What you mean, except for when Batman's the only person doing monitor duty? Yeah. Which I always love how there's only one person that does monitor duty up there. At I'm a like, time. That, that, 
That's it. <laughs> if, <laughs> you don't think anybody might attack? <laughs> if, if I was a villain, right, I coordinate with the other villains to say, all right, so we have, let's say, 20 members of the Justice League at this time, right? right? We create about maybe 40 disasters so that way they're, you know, distracted and then just send a whole bunch of missiles to destroy the, the Watchtower. Oh, but we hope it's not Batman up there because somehow he can stop everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you mean bad God from what I understand now? He's make, bad yeah. God. Make sure there's something going on in Gotham. That way he's like, no, my city. I must save my city. I always wondered about that when he was on the Justice League. How does he make that decision? Like, um, Gotham? Or, you know, the JLA. All depends on what the Daily Gotham tabloid has to say about him. <laughs> He's like, that man's an asshole. Oh, yeah? Fuck you. I'm going to wait for a week. <laughs> He's, he, a week later, Batman, please come back. Oh, now you miss me, don't you? He's nah. like, Metropolis? No, Superman can handle that. Central City? No, Flash can handle that. Gotham? Oh, no. Now it's personal. Well, did you ever notice that, like, Metropolis usually gets attacked by laser beams and stuff from above. That's just Batman up there firing at Metropolis. <laughs> Batman the hater. <laughs> That's all he's doing. Oh, how accidental I hit that button again. <laughs> Superman hopefully will save them in time. <laughs> he's like, Superman, uh, you know how I said I was going to do some target practice? Yeah, I accidentally aimed at Metropolis. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to stop that laser. Well, he's got that one button that he presses and it just somehow sucks Lois out of any window that she's near in a tall building. <laughs> oh, I'm falling, Superman. That's <laughs> almost as lame as the watch. Jimmy Olsen has. Oh, that watch. Only I can hear it. Really? I'm sure there's a lot of pissed off dogs all across the world that, <laughs> that are like, you're not the only one that can hear that. <laughs> was that a robot chicken where I think they they made fun of that where they were, he was pressing it? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. They were saying it was the villain that was like, um, uh, Superman, I am broadcasting at a frequency that only you and animals can hear. Uh, I set a bomb and you see all the animals just like running and getting onto like a boat. <laughs> yeah. And you see Superman <laughs> save the day and all the animals just drown. <laughs> yes, I, that, oh was my God. that was a funny one. <laughs> uh, Mike, do you have a, a base or a villain's layer that you were like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen? Nah, I mean, not, off, not nothing I can think of offhand. I mean, they were all pretty bad. I mean, the, the funny part is if you ever see uh, the original serial uh, for Batman. I remember we watched it in your house once when yeah, you lived in the old apartment. It's just funny because the Batcave, it's literally just this wooden desk with a pen and pencil set on it. What? And this plastic bat on a string that goes back and forth <laughs> across the camera. And there's, there's nothing else. There's, there's just paper on the desk and not even a lot of paper. Just, just <laughs> a paper. And I'm like, they're like, down in the Batcave where Batman thinks of his next way to stop the villains. I'm like, he doesn't go down there a lot, does he? <laughs> that was before they had man caves. I guess so. Man caves. I'm working on mine now. <laughs> yeah. he, he is like, Alfred, what can I do down here? Hmm. I know. Your Batman voices keep changing from time to time. I'll have a desk. Because that's Adam West, man. Come on. You gotta do that. that was that, not that was Adam, Adam West. West. Haters. Haters. We hate hearing it. <laughs> that was more Adam Lambert. <laughs> Adam Lambert. Wow. Hey, don't hate him, Adam Lambert. I, I like Adam sing. Lambert. He can sing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. All right. So there you have it. Superhero headquarters, supervillain layers. Which would we buy? And how lame were they? Uh, you be the judge. But actually, we would love to hear what you would do. So if you get a chance, go onto the Facebook website and tell us what superhero headquarters or a supervillain layer you would own. But don't go anywhere, guys. Because what, what was that, Riley? Oh, that's right. Geeks on the Go is next. Geeks on the Go. Now we may be right on your lap. Okay. <laughs> that's a different one, all right. All right, so you know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek, and we never make it under a minute. What do you mean by all? 
like, I mean, we don't hit like every geeky thing. Like, but if I know. if I hit every geeky thing every time we did it, it wouldn't be a minute. Yeah. If you ever is. had these questions, it's never a minute. Now. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's got a fucking comment. <laughs> All right. Ready, set, go. Amadeus Cho is now the host body for the Hulk. Who else in the Marvel Universe could wield the Hulk? Mike? J. Jonah Jameson. That's a man that can channel anger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Ralph? Deadpool. I knew you were going to say that. I, I, I knew flat out he was going to say it. Wow, that's horrible. All right. If you could only take one Fantastic Four member and one Avenger member and make a dual comic, who would you choose? Ralph? The Thing and Deadpool. Why? Why? Why, Mike? <laughs> I thought she was going to answer that. Um, I would get the Invisible Woman and Iron Man, but only during his alcoholic phase, and the book would be titled The Pink and the Stink. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, third question. Yeah, yeah, of course, now. <laughs> now that Glenn is known to be alive, shocker, in Walking Dead, who do you think, do you think that he makes it to the next season? These Ralph? questions take a minute. <laughs> Uh, probably. Glenn seems pretty popular. You, so you think he makes it to, to the next season? Yeah, it's possible. All right. Mike? I think he will. I think if he's going to die, it'll probably be midway through season seven. All right. I, I kind of hope that he dies this season because everybody all saying, is Glenn dead? Is Glenn alive? And then, you know, he dies at the end of the season. Right. That'd be great. Wouldn't bother me one way or the other. <laughs> I mean, I would miss him either way, but. And I, yeah, well, I know you were talking about if Glenn died, we'd riot, but, you know. Oh, I just love Glenn, but, you know, I'll get over it. All right. And last question, which of these Meanwhile 22 guests would you choose to have your back if you both were stuck inside of the titty twister? Hipster Tom, Mr. Koopa, Big Kev, or Jazz? Ralph. Of course, Big Kev. You know why? Because he'll channel both Jack Bauer and Batman and get the fuck out of there. Get us the both fuck out of there. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. Mike. Uh, well, hipster Tom would faint after seeing the car graveyard behind the building. <laughs> <laughs> he would. He's, he's, he's not, and he'll just die from that. Um, Mr. Cooper, he wouldn't show up until after the massacre. <laughs> uh, Big Kev would die while updating his Jack Bauer fan page <laughs> or from motorboating an undead rack. <laughs> oh, you're dead. Um, uh, and as in real life, Jazz would have been killed trying to defend Man of Steel. Uh, <laughs> uh, so basically, any anorexic 12 year old girl with a neck brace would have been better than any of those guys. Wow. <laughs> Damn, I can't wait for them to have them back on the show. Yeah, over the line, definitely. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we got to get them all back on the show together at some point. Oh, yeah. But wait, let me see. No, Tom hasn't been on with Kev. No. No, but 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 the rest of them have been on with each other. I, has like, Tom been on with anybody else? Tom has been on, but Cooper was in the room. Right, that's what I'm saying. He hasn't been on with he anybody been on else. With jazz. He has been on with Jazz. All right. Yeah. Um, shout outs. Do we have any shout outs, gentlemen? Yes, I have a shout out to my lovely eldest niece, Erin, who now has a wonderful little boy as well as a wonderful little girl. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Now she completed the set. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's got a whole set now. Like now she salt t- and pepper shaker. Now she can tie her tubes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I would never wish that on anybody, but, you know. I, I know but he just did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I've, I've got the reason what, what, why I took about pregnancy right now in my lap. Right, baby? Right? Can you talk? Okay, anyway. Ralph, any <laughs> shout-outs? Uh, I'd like to shout-out the big guy above. Ralph, love you. Wow. Ralph? <laughs> you're, you're here and above? <laughs> yep. I'm everywhere, man. <laughs> He's out of his mind. That's what he is. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> oh, wait. Hold on. Get off me. Get off me. Okay. So, let me sit you down. 
All right. Um, a couple of shout-outs that I have. First off, shout-out to my boy Jesse, who's not only a big Walking Dead fan, but has just become a, the proud father of a baby girl on Saturday, December uh, December 5th. December 5th? Yeah, December 5th. That's correct. Yesterday. All right. That was yesterday. Just making sure. All right. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Way to go, Grandpa Walton. <laughs> I can't well, remember. Yesterday? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me put her down. All right. Yeah, as, as Riley, shout out to mommy. That's, that's right. Yeah. Um, shout out also to Johannes. Hope things in Sweden are still Swede. Uh-huh. I'm glad I did there. Uh, wait, where's my boo? There it is. Where's my boo? Where's the cricket? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that works too. Oh, man. Stop. Okay. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Big Kev, who's so happy right now. We haven't even heard from him. <laughs> I mean, he's texted us here and there, but we haven't heard him about the show. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, and he's probably sh- watching Gotham. He, I, I'm sure he loves that show. Well, I know my wife watches the show. She kind of likes it. Mm. I mean, I still watch it. <laughs> I still watch it, but, uh, you know. <laughs> you, you, you watch it and you kind of wince? <laughs> yeah, that's something. <laughs> Um, shout out to Jazz. Hope to see you soon. Um, I know you'll definitely be back for Star Wars, like we said earlier. So it'll be good to see you. And my final shout out are to my two co-hosts, whose birthdays were the past couple of weeks. Happy birthday, Mike, and yeah, happy thanks. birthday, Ralph. I love you, bros, with all my heart. Even though you drive me crazy, Riley, don't clap because I'm trying to have a moment here. Don't take that away from me. <laughs> I love you both. You guys are the reason why this podcast is successful, and I'm very, very happy to call you guys both my friends. Yeah, thank you. And, and to clarify that, we're the only reason this podcast is successful. <laughs> you heard him. He admitted it. Yeah, I mean, he admitted it. It's in know. the air now. This is permanent. <laughs> wow, Ralph removed some some of his ribs too, so he can suck his own dick. <laughs> oh, I just I was born without those ribs. But but uh, you know, I, I would like to say you know it was nice of you to say that, but you know, Cash always says it nicer. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong person to go to. <laughs> we always like the. Money that jingles, but we prefer the ones that fold. <laughs> exactly. I hear there's a guy named Steve Francis who's actually um, pretty, you know, wealthy. So we can like, <laughs> oh, is it that wealthy? We'll get in touch with him. <laughs> Luckily, he'll also never hear this podcast. <laughs> well, you know, the thing we, we never want to hear that it's the end of the show, but it's the end of the show, unfortunately. So for MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, RT Square, Ralph the Tech, for Baby Riley, who's standing in my um, lap. This is the cap saying, keep it geeky. And you remember, you know when you're a geek, when people say, tis the season, and you say, oh, winter's coming. That's a... <laughs> See, Ralph got that. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, baby. Yeah. <sighs>